Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. Hopefully everybody had a great Martin Luther King Day and it is now time to dive back into the pod. How are you, sir? Oh, good, Donnie. Halfway point. A lot of teams. Yeah, most teams are, are at the halfway point. And, you know, the, the thing that jumps out to me, you know, last night, just to see Edmonton score four and answer goals against a, a really good Toronto team and to win their 11th in a row, I, I find it so difficult to believe that when they hit 10 straight wins the other night, it was a franchise record. Yeah. Like, how, with all those great Edmonton teams, did they not win more than nine straight games? And, of course, when you had... Well, they didn't start the overtime until 83. Yes, that's what it was. Because my dad was curious, too, Don. And he yeah. looked back and said, oh, right, ties. And that's... Right, but, yeah, but yeah, ties were... were I mean, I'm sure they've had... I have to look and see what their unbeaten streak is, but I'm sure it's exceeded that. But... You know, it, it's 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 on now, man. It, it really is. And now we talk about, well, can they make the playoffs? Now, now you kind of wonder, you know, can this team compete for the division? I mean, think about it, right? They've got 49 points. They're only a point back of the Kings for third mm-hmm. with a game in hand. They're six points back of Vegas with four games in hand. All right, so second place, if they continue on this tear, and Vegas has certainly come back down to earth recently, that second place is definitely within striking distance. Now, it'll be a little bit of heavy lifting. You know, they're 13 points back of Vancouver, but four games in hand. So if they keep this up, uh, never mind making the playoffs, they, they, they're going to be trying to see if they can't compete for this division. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. It, 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 you'd say it's not surprising if you didn't see how they played in the beginning of the season. Um, but you knew that they had this ability, and it, they will go as far as their goaltending takes them because the offense will be there. There will be games where they don't show up, but it's a very impressive win against the Canadian rival in the Maple Leafs. Um, Austin Matthews' pockets is 34th, unbelievable. Uh, but you look again, and you see Leon Dreisaitl's in the... Uh, in the score in the score sheet, um, when him and McDavid are playing, it's going to be very hard to beat them on any given night. Um, I said, look, I know that, like you said, Don Knobloch kind of didn't dig them out of this right away, but if they make a, a run to not only make the playoffs but have a shot at at, at, at the division, you got to consider him for Jack Adams. I know you have a vote, so I don't want to sway you in any way, um, but I, I think that. Uh, I think that that what he's done is tremendous, and I think that what Edmonton's doing is unbelievable because I don't think any of us expected them to be even close to a playoff spot uh, about I don't know a month and a half ago. Yeah, no, they're 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 right now easily the hottest team. Seattle came back down to earth. They they lose two in a row now. They got shut out by the Penguins, beat up uh, by the Rangers. You know, pretty well five two. I mean, it was a four one game for most of it, and then you know give McCann credit, he scored on the power play to kind of make it interesting. But um, the story with the Rangers. Uh, is that they're getting they got secondary scoring. Kako scores for the first time since November. First game, second game back from his injury, scores. Wheeler gets a couple of goals, including an empty netter. And that's been the conversation around the Rangers is can they get the secondary and tertiary scoring? When you look at it, they haven't had a right winger on that top line. 
So it's Zibanejad and Kreider on the top line, and then everybody contributes on the second rotation with with Trocek, Panarin, and Lafreniere, and then it's it. I mean, you're getting goals from five guys, and and you know Fox hadn't scored in 20 games before. All of a sudden, he went on a bit of a toot with four game four goals in five games. But the only real offensive presence on the blue line from a goal st- scoring standpoint is Fox. I mean, you can't win when you've only got like six guys scoring goals for you. So the hope is is that Kako, now healthy, can round out a top six. And, you know, if Wheeler can get going, that maybe they can start producing other goals. But, you know, outside of Wheeler, and he's 38. I mean, I I, I really don't, you know, Barkley Goodrow is a good defensive center. He's not a, he's not a scorer. Same with Benino. They've got a lot of good, rugged players, but they're going to have to find other ways to score goals. And last night was at least an indication that maybe you see some other guys that could step up. It really is funny, Don, because I've done a lot of the cutting of the pre- and post-Rangers uh, sound, A, just because I enjoy it, but B, just to help out Ray Santiago every now and again. And it seems like whenever they ask about somebody, a week and a half ago they asked about Fox not scoring. He scored a couple of goals within his last couple of games. Uh, yesterday before the game, it was asked, do you need more scoring out of your bottom six? And Laviolette essentially said, well, you know, our our." Bottom lines do different things, but of course you want to, everybody wants to contribute, and you get two goals from a guy that has really been the ire of the Rangers and Blake Wheeler, of Rangers fans, I should say, not the Rangers themselves, in Blake Wheeler, and you love to see that, and you also love to see that Kako, who said he felt like he wasn't playing well in the beginning of the season, even though that line was generating a lot, they didn't score a lot, he only had three points before he got injured, and he played, I think, 19 games or 21 games or something like that, um, and he finds the back of the net last night on a great feed by Mika Zibanejad, so... Those are the types of games that, they, and look, and the Kraken were coming off of a big win streak. I know they lost the day before, and they didn't have to play Joey Decord, who's been the reason for that win streak. They got to play Drieger, and he is not the goalie that Decord is, but that's a big win for a Rangers team that was struggling for a while, and now it looks like they maybe have unlocked something again. The defense was a little bit better. I know they gave up two power play goals, but they didn't let Seattle back into it. Um when you can, ro- can when you can run all four lines and you feel pretty confident that each of them are going to do what they need to do, uh, that's what made this Rangers team as successful as they were earlier in the year and gave them that padding in the top to be in top the Metro. So uh, overall, a good performance last night. Yeah, Islanders in a little bit of trouble. They lose in Winnipeg four to two after getting shut out five nothing. That was the more day before Minnesota. So yeah. Congratulations to Mark Andre Fleury now all alone in second place and wins in the National Hockey League for goaltenders as he breaks the tie with Patrick Waugh. But you get outscored nine to two on that uh, mid-American trip, that Winnipeg, Minnesota trip that everybody ends up going on. Uh, but you allow know, forty-four shots. See, that's the thing with the Islanders. You kind of live with their uh, inability to score on a consistent basis. That really hasn't been as much the problem. Is they don't defend very well. They're a minus twenty goal differential. Uh, there, there's a lot of trouble there. So now that you know, people starting to call for Lambert's head again, and it just they, they got hot there for a little bit. But this isn't the Islander team that we're used to when you're giving up 44 shots, and you know the goaltending is good, but they just they're giving up way too many opportunities. And Kyle Connor comes back and he scores, so Winnipeg gets back on track after they had their eight game winning streak snap. So they're hot again, but um, the Islanders are a little bit uh, concerning. No, it is, and the same thing with, that we had with the Rangers of oh, is this is this rut kind of getting them back to the mean, and uh, is the Islanders is this what the Islanders are? And I don't think the Islanders were as bad as they were in the beginning of the year, and I don't think that they were as good as they were when they were on that big win streak that they were on, getting clawing themselves back into the top of the into the Metro conversation. 
Um, I think they're somewhere in the middle, and I don't think they have the defense that they've had in years past. I think that when they play structurally sound, they can win games because Sorokin's one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League, without question. Um, but now they're in a rut again, and Kyle Clutterbuck said that they played really bad, and he used a lot more colorful language than I did against the Wild. But look, we've talked about the Winnipeg Jets as being one of the best teams in hockey, and that is not a team that you're going to be able to allow 44 shots against and expect to win. They had 37, which is very rare for them because they don't usually put as many goals, uh, as many shots on the net as they did last night. But you look at the goal that put them ahead in the second, Neil Pionk, a weird bounce. Sometimes that just happens, and it seems like bad luck for the Islanders this year. They've had a ton of injuries, not as many as the Devils, but their their blue line's been ravaged yeah. by injuries. That's not that's not great for them on a team that relies on their defense. Um, yeah, this is. I think this is what you're going to see from this team. They're going to be a little streaky. It's not going to be that lunch pail team that Trotz had that's going to be able to play solid defense every night. There's going to be games where they're going to have to outscore teams. I don't know if they have the firepower to do that. Um, so the, the hole they put themselves in might be too much to overcome in terms of getting a playoff spot. Yeah, Pulak missing you know, really hurts. Uh, Avalanche with a touchdown as they beat the Senators 7-4. This is the sixth time that the Avalanche have come back from multi-goals down. It's tied with Dallas for the most in the league. Now, we could play a game, Anthony, not to put any pressure on you. I like, I like games. Um, name the Avalanche goaltenders. Alex Georgiev. <laughs> Didn't play last night. Didn't play last night. <sighs> Boy, I don't know. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know either. Oh, okay, cool. So we're on uh, the same page. Awesome. Uh, Let me so open la- up game So seven. last night, um, Anunin... A N N U N E N. He was the one that, uh, and then uh, the Prosetsov. I, oh, of course, of uh, the Prosetsov thing. Uh, I know him. You know, so before you start criticizing the goaltending for the Avalanche, I mean they've got a lot of issues that they're dealing with with guys that aren't supposed to be playing that are now playing, but they ranted in two goals and McKinnon scored. They just have so much firepower. Yep. Uh, the Avalanche just find ways to just win. Uh, Taves has eight goals on the blue line. He's, he's been terrific. So, But they do allow 40 shots, give Ottawa credit. Ottawa's got some talent there. If they ever can kind of piece it together, but they've had so many things happen to them this year. Um, you know, Coaching change, general manager change, and, and everything. But there's talent there. They're worst in the East. That's yeah. unbelievable. But we'll see. You know, we got a question when we get to um, – uh, the the Twitter that's right about you know has have the have the flames uh, played well enough that they won't be sellers mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not ready for that yet but but Ottawa they, uh, we'll see what they decide to sell off there because they're not getting out of this rut as you said the worst team uh, in the Eastern Conference right now where you know Calgary's playing better um, where do they stand right now they are just you know two points out of a playoff spot so that's a little bit of a different story I still think there's time before the deadline where Calgary's probably better off selling than trying to make a run but uh, Ottawa they've got some talented players there who they want to hold on to and all that that that'll be up for discussion we could talk about that with EJ next week but uh, uh, Ottawa's just dead and Colorado took advantage of it yeah I mean uh, seven goals is when 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 you know that you don't know the Avalanche goaltenders and you give a, and there's seven goals given up. You would think that the team against them was the one that gave up the seven that scored the seven goals. But the Senators are just in all kinds of trouble from top to bottom. Regardless of the talent they have, they just can't seem to string it together right now. They're clearly missing something. Um, and the Avalanche have now actually overtaken uh, the Vancouver Canucks in the most goals for in the league. Uh, which is pretty impressive because I do still believe that Vancouver has the best offense in the league. But you look at Rantanen, you look at McKinnon, you have McCarr. Um, you've got a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net for that team. Um, 
it's a it's a very impressive win to be able to come back, and it's not it shouldn't be surprising that they do. But even Devin Tate, he has eight goals on, on the season. That was a a former Islander that they, they probably wish that they were able to keep uh, on that blue line. Uh, but no, the Avalanche are very very impressive, and you expect them to beat teams like the Senators. Maybe it wasn't as pretty as they expected, but without their right. top goalies, you know, it's a good win. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's spend some time with our listeners. We should do that. Let's dive into some of the social media. Uh, Tommy P's always been a big fan. He asks a really intriguing question. Around this time in 2019, the Blues were close to last place when they went on the run to the Cup. If you had to bet $100 on a bad team to do the same, who are you going to take? Now, I remember the first of the year back in 2018-19, um, so when the calendar changed to 2019, the St. Louis Blues were the worst team in the National Hockey League, and they made a change. Craig Berube took over. Bennington got called up, and they got hot, and they won the won the Stanley Cup. So that's the question: who is who are the bottom feeders that you think can do the same thing? No, I, I don't I don't see it. This, these I, there are some bad bad teams in this league. Right, I mean, and so, I don't, I don't know. I mean, so let's play the game of. All right, forget bad teams. San Jose's not. How bottom feeder are we talking? Are we talking well, Devils? Well, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna have to move up here. So let's take a look. I mean, are the Devils a bottom feeder? I mean, the Devils right now are what uh, three points out of a playoff spot. So right? they're really not. Card. You know, I wouldn't think it would be that much of a miracle. No, they're two points out of a playoff spot. So, all right. So I'll, I'll say. I don't know. We, we, I'll say Montreal because I like San Louis, but I don't. I don't have any. I mean, could Montreal do it? Like Buffalo, Arizona's spunky. There. Let's go with Arizona. But Arizona's only four points out of a playoff spot. They're yeah. not exactly bottom feeders, so I don't but, think anybody. But and I, I really. But but if you had to bet a hundred dollars on that team, and, and your line is that's let's uh, just arbitrarily say that. Is more than five points out of a playoff spot, so so that would mean in the Minnesota down. So so you're talking about in the West, Minnesota, Anaheim, Chicago, and then Montreal, and San Jose, right? So and, and then then you're talking what Montreal, Buffalo, I'll Columbus, go Montreal. and Ottawa. I'll just say Montreal because why not? Yeah, I mean, right? Because I like St. Louis. There's there you could see that there's a lot of gifted players there. You know, maybe Montembeau goes on some run, or you know, Allen. You see, you got to look at it. All right, so who can be a goaltender that just gets hot? All right, if you want, all right, let's play the game. All right, what about Columbus? You know, they decide to hold on to Merzlikens. He gets hot as hell. You've got Johnny Gaudreau. You've got some. You've got uh, Marchenko. They've got some player. They played Vancouver the other night. I watched a lot of that game on Martin Luther King Day in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. They ended up winning that game in a shootout. You know, I'll say Columbus. All right. Like uh, I don't, I don't see it happening. But you know, when they say all you need is a hot goaltender and a hot goal scorer, okay. Well, Johnny Gaudreau can carry them offensively. Merzlikens goes crazy. But the problem is, is that they're going to have to. 
you know, figure out a way to get into the playoffs. So yeah, and I and and right now I don't I don't see that happening at all. And there's pieces there that they're probably going to sell off, including Elvis Merzlikens, who's probably going to get dealt away. The question is, you know, the the the, the answer would have been Edmonton if the, we were having this yeah. conversation like a month ago because everything kind of came into place there. But uh, no, the, there's a reason why that was such an aberration what St. Louis was able to do. And and but you say Montreal, I'll say Columbus, and you know what's going to happen? We're both going to lose a hundred dollars. And Chica- and Chicago with Connor Bedard will come back with his broken jaw, and he will be the one that carries them to the prom. No, mm-hmm. that's not. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Bobby says, "What are your thoughts on the Devils of late? Still a playoff, still in playoff position based on point percentage, and the team seems to be playing a more cohesive structure with Dawes and Net, albeit a very small sample size." 922 save percentage in five games. Yes, they've stabilized that. Uh, but again, the the blue line's still going to be an issue until they figure out if Hamilton's coming back or they're going to make a deal. You know, getting Hughes healthy didn't really seem to, to get much going against Boston. But hey, Boston's one of the better teams in the league. I think this is what the Devils are going to be, Anthony, for the rest of the season. They're going to be close and maybe. They find a way to sneak in. Remember, they weren't that much different last year, and all of a sudden they went on that huge winning streak that really like saved their season. Um, do I think they can make the playoffs? Would I be shocked if they made the playoffs? Of course not, because they're right there. But I've kind of given up on them being any kind of a cup contender. Well, look, they got to see what they do against Montreal tonight, right? My, my team that's going to make a run to the Stanley Cup. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I can't make heads or tails of this team until... I mean, look, you mentioned Dawes, and that and if that's going to be your ticket to getting your, this team back into the playoff contention and, and making a run, good luck to you. I mean, they obviously need a goaltender. We've said it a bunch of times. Yes, can can he go on a hot run and give them a couple wins uh, while this team tries to get healthy? Sure, but there's issues on the blue line due to injury. I don't like the goaltending. Uh, yes, they have enough offensive firepower when healthy to be good enough but this is a big test for them. The Canadians are, according for where the Devils should be to where the Canadians should be, the Devils should be better than them. So, in Jersey tonight, beat the Canadians, do what you need to do, and then see where it goes. Jimmy Berger says, Last night, just by chance, I bumped into Kenny Albert at the concession stand before the game. Wow. He could not have been nicer. Who in the hockey world gave you the most positive first impression when you met them for the first time? I know it's a loaded question. Well, it's not that it's a loaded question, and Anthony, I'll give you your chance. There's so many good people in hockey. I really never had a bad experience meeting somebody for the first time. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, I'm just trying to think. Like, I've met so many people in all the years I've been doing hockey. You know, getting a chance to do by play by play opened the door for me to meet even more people. Um, but yeah, I was like genuinely. Uh, I, I I've never had. It's just I wouldn't know where to begin. I mean, there's like so many people. Uh, Phil Bork uh, has always been so nice to me when I first met him, and we've become you know nice friends. And and, and Mike uh, uh, Emmerich was somebody that just blew me away the first time I met him. I mean, honestly, I hockey's so cool that way, Anthony. I I don't not, not one person jumps to mind. How about for you? Yeah, I've never had a bad experience with anybody in hockey. Uh, everybody's been pretty great. Um, my awestruck moment was when I think I've told you this one, Don. When I was covering the team when I was at Fordham because WFUV has such a reputation that we're all blessed to have uh, season credentials. Um, I bumped into somebody and just like a nice person, I turned around to say sorry, and it was Mark Messier because I think at the time he was the he was a scout for the Oilers. That was that was at a time when he was still with the Oilers organization, uh, and I just turned around and started to say so, uh, uh, and then I just kind of stared and he laughed. Uh, because usually you're not supposed to be a fan, and I didn't do anything fan-like, but I just bumped into one of the greatest hockey players to ever walk the earth, and that was a pretty amazing moment. Um, 
I agree with you on Doc. I was uh, fortunate to receive an award at FUV when he was also receiving uh, the uh, Vin Scully Award. Um, so I got a chance to meet him and sit with a bunch of NBC uh, people that he worked with, and one of them was Pierre Maguire. And apparently, which I didn't know, when I was covering the team during their cup run or that, that run to the Eastern Conference final they made against uh, Tampa, Pierre apparently mentioned me to Sam Flood, who used to run... Uh, NBC Sports saying that I asked great questions in the locker room into Elaine Vigneault, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, um, very cool. So, I mean, everybody, I, basically everybody at the NBC contingent of the NHL was very, very nice to me, and meeting Mark Messier was very cool as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of ones that, that, that come to mind. I was doing a game in Florida, and uh, Bobby Orr was there. Now, Bobby Orr is an agent, so he was there. Um, I forget what client was playing in the game, and... Even Dave was like awestruck because Dave Maloney had went to Bobby Orr's camp up in Canada back when Bobby was playing, and I just went over to him to introduce myself. You know, I'm I'm filling in for Kenny Albert Rangers play by play today, and he looks at me and he punches me in the chest and goes, "You guys have a heck of a goaltender there," and that's when Henrik was playing <laughs> for them. So I thought that was funny. Like, it was a playful punch, but still. And and the other one, I think I've told you this story: uh, All Star Game 2010 in Montreal. I brought my wife and the party uh, for the All-Star game. That's one thing I'll give it the NHL credit. Like, they find these really cool places to have the party. Like, in Dallas, they, it was at Gillies. Um, in in Minnesota, they actually rented out the whole Metrodome for the nice. party. And Cheap Trick played. It was really cool. And in Montreal, they had rented out... The, there's a movie studio on the outskirts of, of the city of Montreal is where they made Aviators and other other big movies, and they rented that out. So we went to the party, and, and Gordy Howe's there, and I'm like, I got I got to meet Gordy Howe. Of course. And he was with Frank Bauer, and, and Bauer um, uh, was was talking to my wife. It's like, oh, I want to go home, and, and Gordy Howe, he's doing blah 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 blah, like talking like a parrot. And I'm waiting for Gordy to stop talking. So I just introduced myself. Hey, Don LaGreca, NHL Live. Do Ranger play-by-play. And he's like, you want a piece of me? <laughs> I said, no, I just, I just came over. It's like, do you want to take a swing at me? I said, Mr. Howe, why would I want to take a swing at you? And then he laughed and he shook my hand. I was like, I thought that was funny. That's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> for a second, he's like 80-something years old and I was still scared of him, you know, but that... Uh, I thought that was funny. So those are, those are uh, some good stuff from you, Anthony. And hopefully we gave you something there, Jimmy. John Gross says, how much does uh, Jack Eichel's injury affect Vegas? Very much so. I mean, he's yeah. got 19 goals, 44 points. I mean, he's the difference maker to me because I think he's the true star of the team. Uh, Vegas is pretty much a sum of their parts, except you know, Eichel, I think, is a big difference maker. So we'll see how much this affects Vegas. And they're not, not in a swoon right now, but certainly not playing to the level that we're used to them playing. They were one of the hotter teams in the National Hockey League, and now Vegas has kind of taken over that division. Um, by, by a healthy margin of seven points. So, yeah, it's going to affect them big time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's one of the best players in hockey. He's the best player on that team right now. And everybody remembers the misfits that they are so appropriately called. Um, the four or five guys that are left from that cup team that were part of the original expansion for Vegas. But the reason that they were able to go over the top was because of Jack Eichel. And he is the engine that makes that offense go. And when you have to turn to somebody to get a big goal, you look to him. And Vegas has struggled a little bit, as you mentioned, Don. So, yeah, it is a big loss. Now, they have the fortune of being, much like the Rangers, having done so well early in the season that they can kind of afford it. 
uh, but they're going to need to find scoring from the rest of their team while Eichel's out. Hmm. Tim says, guys, uh, who do you have taking the wild card slots in the congested East, and could the streaky Leafs get dragged into the dogfight or even miss the playoffs altogether? I can't, I can't see them missing the playoffs altogether. I mean, right now they've got that third spot in the Atlantic Division, but but you're right. They're only one point ahead of Detroit. They're only one point ahead of Tampa. I'll say this about Tampa. They played 44 games, and, and they're not the way they used to be. So Toronto's got a couple of games in hand on them. Um, so that's where you would only concern yourself within the Atlantic Division. There's nobody else that's going to challenge you. you got to go to Montreal with 43 points. So I don't think they're going to fall out of it altogether. But, I mean, right now, if you had to pick, Anthony, who are your two wildcard teams and why? I'm going to say Tampa and Pittsburgh. Um, I like Detroit. I like what Eiserman's doing. I think that that team is up and coming. Um, I think in a year or two, they're going to be one of the top three teams in the Atlantic. But you know what? As much as I like them, I don't want to cloud my judgment. Um, I do think that with Crosby, the way he's playing, that Pittsburgh's just going to find a way. And we keep saying that they're going to get buried. They're going to get buried. Even the Capitals. This year, I think not for the Capitals. Yes, for the Penguins. And I think the Lightning are good enough that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, But we've talked about the issues with the Islanders. We've talked about the issues with the Devils. I've seen the Capitals because uh, they play the Rangers twice and seemingly three times in the last like two weeks. Hmm. Um, I don't know if they have the team that they've had in the past. Charlie Lindgren looks amazing. Him and Sam Montembeau should just play the Rangers all the time, and they'd be two of the best goalies in the National right. Hockey League. Um, but I don't know if they have the team that they used to. Uh, and look, we were talking about this big run that we want these teams to make from from Tommy P's question. Um, because they're such a logjam, it's kind of hard to even put anybody else in there because you're looking at five yeah. or six teams now. I think the Maple Leafs will still be in the top three in that division. I don't see them falling into the wild card, um, which is also why I feel like you're kind of looking from one to four here. Red Wings, Lightning, Penguins, Caps, and pick your poison. Uh, Mm. So I'm just going to go with the Lightning and the Penguins. Well, I know people make fun of me for this, but I'm telling you, Neil Smith told me about it. He's always looked to goal differential. It's a great way to tell you how good a team is. So you look at the goal differentials of the wild card teams right now. Detroit plus 11. Tampa minus 3. Pittsburgh plus 16, and then it's Washington minus 24, Islanders minus 20, Devils minus 2. So if you go by the goal differential, you know, Detroit, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Tampa, those are your four teams that I think have the best shot because those are the best teams because now you throw away, you know, uh, shootout losses, overtime losses, how many games the teams have played. The goal differential is the true indicator of how good you are. So if you look at those teams, that is it crazy to think that you would go Pittsburgh, Detroit, New Jersey, Tampa as the four best teams? No. You know, Washington, Islanders, Montreal's a minus twenty eight. That's a lot. You know, I mean, so that that's an indicator to me. And 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 I know on poke, uh, I get poked at sometimes on social media that I always kind of go to that as. My, but I I I think even though I'm not an analytical guy, I think that is like a hidden stat that can kind of really that is the great equalizer, if you will. Because it's like, you know, who did you play? How many games have you played? How many road games did you play? You know, who's hurt? Like, I just think the the gold differential. Is a, is a really good indicator of how good a player. It's almost like a, a plus minus for players. Like it's if 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 you're if you're a good player, but you're a minus ten gold uh, uh, plus minus, it's going to tell you that you're not a great defensive player. You're not somebody I'm going to want to have on the ice in a big spot. 
this this to me tells me that it's down to those four teams, and then we'll reconvene, right? Because we'll see what that what the what the ledger is going to say a little bit later on. But you know, Tampa, I'm I'm worried about them. I am Pittsburgh. I still worry about them. Um, but and New Jersey, I think will pick it up. And the goal differential tells you with all of their problems, it hasn't completely gotten away from them like it has with other teams. So. Those are the four. Pick your poison. Um, and also you have to ask yourself, too, who's more equipped to make a deal? Like, who's more equipped to improve themselves? Probably the Devils. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think the Devils will make a deal that will make them significantly better. I think Pittsburgh's stuck. I think Tampa's stuck. Detroit, they may not be stuck. I'm just not sure how much they're going to be willing to give up, considering that they're still in the midst of their rebuild. So they may decide to lay off and kind of wait uh, because they're a younger team and say, all right, well, I don't want to ancillary take a moves. I think they'll make ancillary yeah, moves. Yeah, right. I think all these teams will make ancillary moves. But as far as like the impactful guys, if the Devils can get confirmation that Hamilton's out for the year, they will go out and get a defenseman. I think they will address the goaltending at some point. Uh, we'll as we get closer to the deadline. Those are needle movers, Anthony. If I if I get the right defenseman, if I get the right goaltender, I can change everything in New Jersey. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've you talked know. about it. And if they get healthy, yes. I mean, look, when you talk about goal differential, Don, you also have to take into account how healthy these teams are. And the Devils are only minus two, and they haven't been all that healthy. Granted, Tampa Bay didn't have Vasilevsky for the start of the year. They probably survived why... that, though. No, right? they I mean, did. They didn't completely collapse without him. But it's probably why their goal differential is minus three. I was shocked to find out. We talked about Washington. Forget about goal differential. Goals four. They're only ahead of San Jose and, and Chicago. Well, because their power play sucks. It, it's in back. <laughs> I, I, did you ever think a team with Alex Ovechkin? Well, I mean, they were talking about it, Sam and Joe, when they played them. It's like, well, you know, it used to be Backstrom to Ovechkin. It's like, well, now neither of those guys were playing, at least yeah. in the two games that they played the Rangers. And you know, Backstrom's out for God knows how long. Yeah, and um, even Ovechkin's now missed a couple of games right. in a row. So it's like, you know, you talk about this team, and it's like, well, this is this offensive firepower. It's like Tom Wilson's one of their best scorers. Now, Tom Wilson's a, a nice little, a nice player, but he's not going to be your leading goal scorer. He shouldn't be. Not for a team that you hope and, to make yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, he's one of your leading goal scorers, and he's only got 12, and Oshie's been hurt too. So that, that's that, that's the problem um, with, with Washington. But hey, if, o, if Ovechkin's going to eventually start to score more goals, and if Oshie stays healthy, and, you know, like so Washington does have a pretty bright future too, um, although I, I, I don't know how much they're going to be in a position to add either, because I still think they're they're right now betwixt and between, right? Like they're, they're trying to rebuild, but also seeing if they can keep a competitive team while they have Ovechkin there. Uh, but I don't think they're going to make any kind of real ballsy move because I think they see the writing on the wall. They're, they're not making any kind of run, I wouldn't think. Um, but Tampa could because they have. I mean, New Jersey could because there's some talent there. Pittsburgh, I mean, you know, Sydney, you, you might want to take advantage of I mean, Sydney Crosby's got, what, 25, 26 goals? It's amazing the kind of season that he's had here. That would scare me, too, if I'm Pittsburgh. Like, is, is, is Sydney going to score 50 goals? I doubt it. So. They're, they're, they might lo- lose a lot of offense in the second half of the season because Crosby may not be you know scoring another 20, 25 goals in the second half. So um, you know older team too and all that. But um, I, I, I think that's a fascinating question, and um, we've got great listeners. Don, right? I did the work by the way. I you went did. to records.nhl.com, looked up the Oilers' longest point streaks. Okay. Okay. It's still not the '84. Those '80s teams. In 2003-2004, with overtime losses, they went on a stretch where they had 16 straight games with a point. 10 wins, 2 ties, 4 OT losses, according to this 
the the NHL records. In 84-85, they went 12-0-3 with three ties at one point. And then another time in that season, they had an 11-game point streak where they had nine wins, two ties. So that was their best. That 84-85 season was probably their best season Mm -hmm. where they had two separate double-digit point streak seasons. But... There was some time in between where it didn't it didn't really end up panning out for them. Trying to think, did that 0304 Oiler team even make the playoffs? I gotta go look. I gotta look back because I know the 06 team. Matter of fact, I'm wearing you know Peter Rosenberg on the K show is the one that's got like the vintage T-shirts. I'm wearing a T-shirt right now. Uh, one team, one goal. The Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup Final T-shirt from 06 that I bought in Edmonton. I still have it. It's still good. They missed the playoffs by two points. Yeah, I mean, they were. There was like Ryan Smith and Doug Wade. I think was on that team. They had a, they had a 16 game point streak. I missed the playoffs. And they went 36, 29, 12, and five. Eesh. Yeah, that's not what you want. <clears throat> Crazy. Uh, but uh, listen, this was fun. Let's do this again on Friday. We'll I have our top five of the week. Oh, yeah. Want to hear from you at Don LaGreca, at Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct. We love everybody that contributed today. Uh, so let's do this again on Friday. You're all great. <laughs> love it. This was the Wednesday <laughs> edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.